I think we've got the video. Round it there, Roshi. So, you ever on standby? Do you? There you go. But that was the worst day of my life. The worst day of my life. My God, it was absolutely brutal. Good what one. happened? OTB AM live weekday mornings from seven thirty on the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Welcome to the OTB AM time capsule. Hope you had a great Christmas. Shane Hallen here. This is where we put our standard moments from the sporting year into the time capsule. You can get the full episode over in the OTB AM podcast feed. Here we have myself, Kathleen McNamee of the Koi Gig Pod, and Nathan Murphy talking about our footballing highlight of the year. And there really was only one thing that we wanted to mention. Nathan, your voice is, uh, is in this, so we'll have Kathleen McNamee with us in just a second. But first, let's hear the commentary as the Republic of Ireland women's national team made their first ever World Cup. This was Nathan with Emma Byrne. Amber Barrett's goal gives Ireland the victory that they needed. There'll be no more playoffs. There'll be no more heartbreak because Ireland have finally done it. They have qualified for the 2023 World Cup finals. What an unbelievable achievement by Vera Powell and her players up there with the great days in Irish sport. Wild celebrations out on the pitch. Emma Bird is in tears. <laughs> I can't believe it. Enjoy every we moment of this. We finally did it. We finally done it. And what a performance from the girls as well. We're not talking about the defensive performance, sitting off, not playing well, getting there by the skin of their teeth. They did it because they played absolutely brilliant in the first half. They were pure professional, defended excellently. And you can see heartbreak for the Scottish. But I'm sorry, we deserve this one. We 100% deserve that. Kathleen McNamee, Emma Byrne and Nathan Murphy getting emotional there on uh, on commentary. Emma was absolutely delighted. Like that, That's probably the Irish sporting highlight of the year, I want to say. Oh, it has to be. Yeah. Like, for the historic reasons, for the momentous occasion, like, everything. It's even, like, I- I'm sorry to bring this up so early on before we've even got into things, but remember you guys were having that conversation about statues that should be outside yeah, the Aviva yeah. and talking about, like, Charlton and different people and the women's team were kind of joked about if they won the World Cup yeah. next year, they would get their statues. And I was like, no, I feel like Amber Barrett's goal, that celebration, like, that deserves... Iconic moment. Yeah, that deserves... Amber Barrett's big toe. Famous <laughs> <laughs> big toe. Nathan, you must have been... Uh, you, you can hear you tearing up there a little bit, crying in the... In the uh, it, was, it, it was such a privilege to be alongside Emma Byrne on the game. Uh, she's a magnificent pundit, but what she has put in to that uh, over, you know, 20 years and what she did at Liberty Hall in leading the players in 2017 I think was so important at the time for the women's game and finally taking a stand against the FAI and saying enough is enough but also I think the confidence it gave those players and the leadership qualities it instilled in so many of those players that actually you know we have we've put ourselves out there we have made this massive threat and we have got a reward. So suddenly we will constantly demand, not just of everyone around us, but of ourselves as well, that we will expect more and more. And his Nemo was very emotional that night. And it was brilliant. One of the best parts of the night was to be pitch side straight after the game and to see Katie McCabe and Denise O'Sullivan and Megan Campbell uh, run over to Emma Byrne the second they spot her and for her to be acknowledged instantly. Uh, but it was a, it was the quality of the goal uh, the sort of 20 minutes afterwards of 
oh, Ireland always make it difficult in whatever sport it is. And can they see it through? Can they see it through? You just didn't want any heartbreak for the players. And they saw it through brilliantly. And it, it felt like actually that night was a culmination of everything Vera Pau had been working towards over the previous couple of years, ever since the Ukraine game and the way she went after tough opponents, took the beatings along the way, that they were perfectly prepared for a night like that. And I thought it was by far and away the best performance of the Vera Pau era on the biggest occasion. I know you could say maybe the game against Sweden is a bigger result in a way in terms of tougher opposition, but I just thought they, they created so many good chances. They were so composed, so calm. And in fact, they were probably the only unemotional ones in the entire stadium while the game was going on. As I think like the mentality of the team was so different that night. And it's something we've always talked about, like for the Euros qualification, Mm. you could see the fault lines in the team there. You could see where we haven't like had those big game experiences. And I have to say, like, I actually everything after Amber Barrett's goal, I do not remember the match. Like (laughs) I had to watch like. Could, like, were you, were you having to turn away or was it watching through it was, closed hands? Or? It was watching through closed hands. It was very much a, uh, when can I get my next pint so that I can kind of like ease the pain of this whole thing? Because I was literally sitting there in the seat like this and any time Scotland got anywhere near the goal, any time there was any opportunity for us, I was just probably screaming. Like mm. I don't even remember making proper sounds. I had to go back and watch it properly the next day because so many people were asking for analysis of the match and I was like... Not <laughs> could not tell you what, what happened. Just happened. <laughs> I know Amber Barrett scored, and I know that I had a very nice time celebrating, and that is my yeah. That's all I remember. Well, well even when you look back in the game, it was such a strange game. In that Scotland get this early penalty, Courtney Brosnan makes the brilliant save. Uh, Megan Campbell scores from a throw-in. I have never <laughs> yeah. in all my life covering football seen somebody score from a throw-in, and nobody touches the ball at all. And her throw-ins were a constant factor uh, throughout that game. There was this almighty Gomez scramble. You remember Ireland of three chances in the space of two Those seconds. Those last few minutes as well. Somehow don't score. Mm. Like the last few minutes for Scotland were scrambling to it. Like, oh. It, seemed to go it actually gives me goosebumps just even thinking about it. Like yeah, how yeah. close we were to letting it all go and the fact that we didn't do it and that we managed to get it on the night. Well, we have the, we have the short clip here. Let's listen to, to Nathan's commentary of that big toe, the most famous big toe in Ireland from Amber Barrett. <laughs> Takes it on her end step. Barrett for Ireland. Into the area. Toe push it. Goal! What a moment! Maybe the moment of a lifetime for Amber Barrett! Yeah, Nathan losing his head as per usual. That, that's, that's some moment, Nathan. I think it's a, an appropriate moment to uh, yeah, fair. lose your head. Yeah. Uh, it was I hope there is there an award somewhere in <laughs> Irish media for commentary. Because that should definitely get... I know you already are coming down with the awards, Nathan. But I, I, I do. Head <laughs> it's a special one for that. An end of year one. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Just invent an uh, award yeah. for Nathan. I'd be like Brian Cody at the manager of the year, you know, just never getting it. Just uh, constantly overlooked. It's a terrible shame. <laughs> like, it was such a, a goal of brilliant quality as well. Like, the little cushioned header from Nee Fahey originally. It was probably the first time in the whole game where Denise Sullivan got the ball where she wanted it and had some time and picked out the perfect pass. And the first touch, like, we all talk about the big toe or the toe poke or whatever way, uh, whatever you call it in your part of the country. <laughs> but the first touch from Amber Bauer to bring her away from the Scottish defence was just of the highest quality. And then the composure of the finish, like Kenny Cunningham broke it down brilliantly. I remember on off the ball the night after that as a player, the million different things that go through your head in that moment. But I think what you saw with the celebration as well and the pointing towards the armband and her interview afterwards, that the composure is everything that Amber Barrett is about. And, you know, the night didn't need adding to, but I think her words afterwards 
just reflected the maturity of this squad and what they're what they're really all about. Yeah, I think the fact that it happened in such close proximity to the Chrysler tragedy as well just added weight to it because everyone it was kind of out of everyone's heads at kickoff, and then as soon as she scores, and she's immediately. Yeah, have the presence of mind to think of that for the celebration. But I think as well that the whole like because Katie was the first person over to her and she noticed what she she was doing doing. and like it was a split second and she had that split second reaction herself to you know as well hit the armband and say like you know this is this is bigger than us it's bigger than what we're doing tonight and but I think I I'm not massively even surprised about this team that they're like that because if you look at the way Nathan was talking about Liberty Hall you know they've always had to be aware of larger things at play in Irish society. They've always had to be aware of larger things that they didn't have control over and pay tribute to them. And in the same way that they paid tribute to Emma Byrne getting the, this team to where they were. And like the thing about Emma Byrne as well is like, even to this day, she's still tough on those players. You know, yeah. you ask her what her opinion is on how Katie McKay played. And even though they obviously have such a great relationship and she thinks so highly of her, she'll still be like, nah, nah, nah. Katie, she can do better than that. I don't. I don't know what she was at, and I think that's why this team, like obviously the Vera Powell, has been the catalyst for like the major change. But the fact that we have those voices within Irish football mm. in general is so important, and I think it's so important when, especially in the sense of women's football, when a lot of the time maybe some of the commentary. It can, we converge, and I know this is kind of what we're doing now, but this is the time capsule, so it's an appropriate time to do it. But sometimes it verges too much on the like, oh, well, they played with boys and the billboards and all that sort of stuff and not actual diving down into what happened and and the tactics and the football of things. So I think that's why having people like Emma there is great to actually, you know, keep everyone on the straight and narrow. Yeah. Well, I think that's the, and uh, the Koi Gig podcast, the award winning Koi Gig podcast as well has been a huge part of that for people that, as you said, there's an extra depth to the coverage of this team whereby, and I would have been guilty of it when we first started commentating on games of uh, big, you know, a lot of effort, a lot of effort, whereas Emma Byrne straight away, I remember that night when they were beating 1-0 at home against Sweden, Emma straight away after the game was highly critical of the Irish performance, that this was not at the time a great Swedish side, a great Swedish side in form, that they were too negative, that they sat too deep, uh, that the tactics were wrong which is not the way we have spoken about the women's team. And I think everybody now looks at the players and we can have a proper debate about what is Katie McCabe's best position. And they can watch her on Sky on a Saturday or a Sunday playing for Arsenal and look at her slight change of position there and wonder, well, is that the best spot for her at Ireland? So uh, I think like it's such a radical, radical transformation as to what has happened around the coverage of the team. And the players have played a massive part in that. I think, you know, they've been so giving of themselves to the public, to the media. Uh, like, it's a very in-house thing, but, like, you know, it's it's a diff- it's a very different gig that we do now compared to 10, 20 years ago. Like, I, I, I probably was the, one of the last group to be in a dressing room after an All-Ireland final where you would do your interviews in about 07, uh, which was just the norm. Uh, access to players is so difficult to get these days. You know, after a men's game, you get three players are wheeled out uh, for 10 minutes. Whereas 
the women's team players couldn't be more giving with their time. And I think have to, and that's another thing they shouldn't have to do. It shouldn't be on their shoulders, the awareness and the promotion of the game. Uh, but it is, and they've embraced it, and it has worked brilliantly for them. And obviously Sky and Cabri have got behind it magnificently as well. And the great thing is, like, the draw, my biggest concern was that they would end up with a draw that would be 3 o'clock in the morning. And mm-hmm. for all everybody's enthusiasm, people aren't getting up at 3 o'clock in the morning in millions. Whereas to be playing Australia on the first night yeah. at a very nice time on a Saturday in Ireland, you know, I think it's going to be arguably the event of the year in Irish sport in 2023. The scripts just couldn't have been set up any nicer. And like, famously enjoyed their celebrations after after the game as well. And, and like, Vera, Vera Powell, that's, that's... I think the word is infamously. <laughs> Sorry, of course. Um, and like, Vera Powell's, what she's been through as a, as a human being as well. And she was extremely emotional after the match. Uh, just what it meant to her. Like, a career highlight for her. And considering all that she's achieved as a manager in the game, probably sums up just how much it means. <coughs> Yeah, like, I think for Vera, she, like, because she's worked within such interesting structures and say, like, the everything that the Dutch Federation have done around football is so interesting, especially when it comes to, like, men and women's football. And, like, she was with Scotland in their very early days when she said, like, that she, we had, like, a little porta cabin to work out of. And she was part, she, all throughout her career, she has very much been part of teams that are on a development path and this is probably I think one of the first times with the national team anyways that she's really like tapped into something and properly tapped into the national attitude mm-hmm. and tipped them over to to that major tournament and tipped them over into that big competition and you know I, I mean we joke about we hear her on the TV and she, she's a straight talking woman and she she's fiery and she doesn't mince her words in any way but she has got the respect of that team and she has managed to bring them to a place where they 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 trust her, they trust the situation they're in, they trust the setup that they're in. I mean, I know I've said things before about I question some of her choices, but like I can't question the fact that she did get us to a World Cup and no one has done that before. So she's doing something right, clearly. And I think she was probably that little bit of class and that little bit of professionalism that we needed to bring us to the next level yeah. and the one who is actually going to sit there in the same way when we were talking about the media and saying that you know sometimes we fall in the trap of just praising the players too much I think they needed that person to be like no 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 you're you're going to play Australia you're going to play Sweden and you're going to perform well against them I don't care if it takes us like five losses before that to get there we are going to get there and we are going to be good enough so she has brought that to us and I think that mentality in particular will stand to us going to the World Cup, providing we can still play some of those bigger teams in the next year or so before, yeah. well, it's less than a year, I suppose nine months now, before we go. Because I think if we get caught playing like lower European teams or lower teams from wherever it is in the world, we might go backwards a little bit in that mentality. So I think getting some really good opposition over the next few months is going to be important. Yeah, that's one of the, the exciting things as we look back on 2022. We get to look forward to the World Cup now in July and it's something to really... To really a uh, proper World Cup, one a proper might say. World Cup. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hopefully no controversy over this World Cup. Uh, great stuff, Cathy. Definitely no controversy over that selection into the OTB um, time capsule. Republic of Ireland qualifying for the Women's World Cup for the first time in their history. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.